Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to a special spooky edition of History Hack. Alina, I think it's pretty obvious what we've done here, isn't it? It is today, ladies and gentlemen. It is Halloween. We've got our regular back to tell us a spooky story. Uh, Owen Staten's back. Bring on the Welsh Wales. Yay! Wales is in the house. Alina (laughs) is no longer terrified of your accent either. Oh, well, that's nice. Maybe she spent she... three days sweating before Yoan Griffith came on because of the <laughs> accent thing. But now with you, she's just like, boom, Owen's back. So, yeah. Yeah, but my, my purpose in being on here is to scare her, so I'm sort of failing now, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, <clears throat> let, let's give you the platform to scare her. You've got two stories for us today, haven't you? Yeah, I've got two stories. One of them is a haunted location, um, which is well steeped in history and uh, would be nice for people to visit. And the second is just a folkloric tale from the um, the Swansea Valley, which I know you enjoyed the first time. So um, this is a new one from there. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy, really. Brilliant. So over to you, Owen. Okay, thank you guys. Um, welcome everyone. Welcome to uh, to History Hack again, and on this special Halloween edition in Wales, Halloween is called Calan Gaiaf, which means the middle of winter, and it's a uh, a tradition steeped in many many folkloric uh, things that we do, traditions, those sort of things that carry on. I can remember as a young as a young lad, sort of walking through um, the valleys where I used to live, um, carrying a carved out swede because pumpkins were far too much of a luxury and uh, I'm knocking on doors and <laughs> <laughs> I know a carved out swede but uh, there are many many traditions associated with Halloween in Wales and um, apparently Wales is one of the most haunted parts of the world so I'd just like to invite you all to join me for a little while while I, um, I take you through a few of the haunted sort of locations and, and, uh, and stories really so as we've done before, and I don't want this to become too much of a ritual, but I think we all need to get into that state of mind for stories. So uh, let's just leave behind everything that we're doing at the moment, unless you're driving or operating on heavy machinery, obviously, and um, and just relax and listen to the story, okay? Switch off the phones, move away from the gaming machine, leave the TV off, and get yourself into the time between times. The time when it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. And that is the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin. And on this night of all nights, this is where it's at its thinnest. It is said that even when you walk down the streets that you normally know, the shops along the roads, if you look carefully, you will see the spirits of those who have gone before us. You will see the tales that we know from ages gone by come alive. And the place I'm going to talk about in North Wales the town of Conway is so full of life and history and spirits that is worth telling its tale here. This place is called Plas Maur, Big Hall in Welsh. It's an old Tudor manor house that is there, right in the middle of the high streets in the town of Conway in North Wales. It was built in the time of Henry VIII, 
by a nobleman called Robert Wynne, who is well known in Henry and Elizabeth's courts. But today it is known for far more sinister reasons. It has a room called the Langton Room, and it is said that when a lantern shines in that upstairs room, it can be seen for miles around. And in its white stone, whitewashed towers, true horrors have been known to behold. And this tale goes back many, many years to the time of Queen Elizabeth I, when Robert Wynne was away in London on court business. Back in Place Maur, with his great tower, Robert's wife was there with child, due a child at any moment. Her name was Dorothy, and she was the fairest maid in all of Connolly. And there also was their young son, Henry. Now, Robert was due home from far away in London. So Dorothy and Henry climbed the wooden steps all the way to the top of the tower, where they could see for miles around, past the castle in Connolly, all the way far into the mountains. But the road could be seen, and they would look for the torchlight procession that heralded the return of Robert. And they waited, and they waited, and the time between times came, the time when the sky went grey, and then it suddenly went dark, and all they could see were the lanterns being carried in the town. The servants called for them to come down for their supper, but they did not come, for they wished to wait for Robert's return. But suddenly, as the night grew so dark you could barely see your hand in front of your face, Dorothy decided it was time for Henry to go to bed. Well, something must have waylaid their beloved, and he had not returned. They started to make their way down the winding steps, Dorothy walking very slowly. And then suddenly Henry pulled at her arm. Henry pulled at her arm, and she tripped upon the wooden steps and tumbled from the top floor, down to the middle, down to the bottom, and landed in a heap. Henry was still. Dorothy was very badly injured. The servants rushed up and picked her up from the floor and took her into the lantern room, where there was a bed, and laid her upon the bed. And then they looked around and wondered what they could do. She was barely conscious. She was calling out for Robert. She seemed to have broken many bones, and Henry the same. The servants talked amongst themselves, and then one of them decided he must go into the town and find the doctor, who was very well known in those parts. He rushed out to the doctor's house and hammered on the door. But there was no answer. He rushed to the inn where the doctor sometimes drunk. But all was quiet. As he was going back, he passed a man walking in the street and called out, Have you seen the doctor? The man said, No. I have not seen the doctor of Conway. But I myself am a young, young doctor. And I will happily come and help. My name is Dr. Jenkins. The servant took Dr. Jenkins back to Plasmaur. They walked through the great hallway and rushed up the stairs to the lantern room. They opened the door, and there was Dorothy and Henry laying on the bed. This, the condition had gone much worse. The doctor went inside, brought his small bag out, and started to look at what he could do. But he quickly realised that this was beyond his skills. It needed a far more experienced doctor to tend to this lady and this stricken child. He called to the servants, I, I can't do any more here. Um, you will need the regular doctor, and I'm happy to go and find him if you would let me go. He went to leave the lantern room, but the servant said, no, you must not leave this room. 
Robert wins, rage with no, no bounds, if he thought that we had left his beloved wife and his son here alone. The doctor tried to leave again, but this time they closed the door and held it shut. Stay in there until the regular doctor comes, they said, and close and barred the door. The doctor hammered on the door to be let out, but they would not let him. And one of the servants once again went into the town to find the doctor. The night passed. But an hour later, there was another loud knocking at the door. The servants rushed in hope. But there was no doctor. There was Robert Wynn. He rushed upstairs and went to the lantern room. His rage knew no bounds. He opened the door, ready to speak to the doctor inside. But when he opened it, inside on the bed, he saw his beloved wife Dorothy and his young child Henry had both died from their wounds. And of Dr. Jenkins, there was no sign. He rushed to the bed and started to wail and weep and called for the door to be closed once more. The servants did this, awaiting the return of the servant with the experienced doctor, who never came. In the morning they opened the door, and there was Dorothy, there was Henry, and there was Robert Wynne, dead by his own hand, lying at the foot of the bed, and no sign of Dr. Jenkins. A tragic tale indeed, in a Tudor manor house in North Wales, almost 500 years ago. But it resonates still. It has the tower that rises up above the town, and many times the visitors have gone there. And they hear a child calling and crying and making its way up the steps. In the lantern room, where people have sat, they will sometimes hear a knocking on the wall. Although there is no one around. And people who have sat there in seance or in just regular visitors, making their way around the hall, have sometimes listened. And there, deep within the walls, they can hear a voice calling, Help, Uchi! Help, Uchi! Help, Uchi! Of the young doctor, no one found any trace. The window is high up in that room and he could not have got outside for it was still locked from within. But what people say is that he climbed within the fireplace, fearful of the anger of Robert Wynne, and crept up into the chimney. And there amongst the dark parts of Plasmaur, where there were secret priest holes, where there were chimneys went and met, he somehow got lost and somehow got stuck and somehow perished. And he can still be heard crying and wailing from within. And in the great hall, the spirit of Robert Wynne wanders back and forth, up and down, crying and calling for his wife, Dorothy, and bemoaning the fact that he was late back from London. Plasmaur is an incredible place full of history and all who can should visit it when they can. But do so before dark. Do so before the time between times. Do so 
before the night falls like a blanket, for its inhabitants from years ago are thought to wander around its corridors still. And those outside sometimes look up to the window of the lantern room, and Dorothy can be seen looking out, still looking for the return of her husband, who unbeknown to her on that very night, she would never see again. And that, my friends, is the tale of the ghosts of Plas Maur. Oh, that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Alina's How... crapping herself, aren't you? <laughs> How are you so good at this? No, I'm not. I'm just talking into a screen, but it's an old ghost story, guys. I think people don't do this enough anymore, do we? And we don't let ourselves into these stories, and we don't, we get, we're too fact-based, we're too sort of uh, drawn into these things. When you give yourself a story, I think something magic happens sometimes, you know? Yeah. And uh, I know I'm being a bit, like, you know, silly. Well, no, because I remember hearing years ago, do you know, it's the old one about the car that breaks down and the couple and she waits for ages to come back and she comes back and these, the, there's an axeman tapping his axe on the Oh, top. yes. Yeah, yeah that yeah, one. Yeah, and of yeah, course yeah. it's bollocks. Of course yeah. it is. But my God, I didn't sleep. I must have been about 10 or 11 when I first heard that and I did not sleep for ages. I was proper scared yeah. and that's what a good ghost story does. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly. Uh, you know, on Halloween especially, it's become so commercialised and so I, I don't know what people expect it to be, but when we go back to strip it down to its basics, it's all about being scared and that chill at the time of the year. So uh, so there we go. So, um, But that was one, yeah, and that's one of my favourites. And what a place to visit that is, Flasmauer in mm -hmm. Connolly. You know, fantastic. So you went to another one? at the moment? Uh, I would say at the moment, no, as as recorded, no, because suddenly everything non-essential is closed here, isn't it, in Wales? Oh, okay, but, uh, cool. I, I'm sure it will be open. Um, give it a couple of weeks, and um, I'm sure that it will be, and people, you know, to visit that would be fab. And you know what we're missing in, right now? You know what I'll put in the description as well, the name of it, because buggered if everyone else who isn't Welsh is sitting there going, oh, I can't understand what he's saying. What's it called? Oh, <laughs> so we'll write it down in the description yeah. of the episode. <laughs> That's right. I'll write it down for you. I'll send you the... Um, yes, uh, but anyway, I mean, you've got another one for us, haven't you? Yeah, I have got another one for you. Do you want me to go with that? And, go um, for it, yeah. 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 And, and both together, or, yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll just put, we'll put a nice, big storytelling thing out tonight for everyone to listen to. Lovely. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
That's great. Okay. Okay. Um, here we go then, guys. I mean, uh, we've talked. Um, we went to Plasmouth in North Wales, somewhere far away and quite actually urban, somewhere where people visit. But I'd like to take you now to the Swansea Valley. The Swansea Valley, as we know, is a place that's so dark that, say, the sun only shines there an hour a day, and then at the height of midsummer. So you can imagine it tonight, now, on Kalangayav, on Halloween, how dark that place goes, and the spirits walk there like nowhere else. There is the Kribarth, the mountain that looks like a sleeping giant. From all who come from far and wide to see it remark about how that giant sleeps and overlooks the valley. But I am going to take you somewhere far darker than that. The farm of Pantafim, not far from the small village of Colbren, where they lived almost 200 years ago to this very night, a very bad man called Tom Macum, Tomos Macum. He was a lonely, wicked man who lived in a farm. The stone walls around him was his only company. But, Every night he would make his way down to the Penakai Inn upon the old carriage road where the robbers of Penwist once watched. Every day he would make himself over the River Tower, crossing the stepping stones and up to the inn, and he would go at the time between times and arrive home at midnight. But one night, this night, exactly, 200 years ago, he made his way down past the old chapel on the hill, down to the roaring rivers of the, of the tower, and started to hop across the stepping stones. But as he got halfway across, he saw on the other side of the bank something he did not expect to see. There, next to the water, covered in leaves and the most beautiful thing he ever saw was a tiny fairy that danced and pranced on the side of the river a small lady who jumped and danced to the music of the river as it passed he called to her and held out his hands but she looked at him turned and vanished thomas went to the pub and spoke to everyone within, but none would believe him, and went back and lay awake all night thinking about what he had seen. Now it was known that to see the fairies sometimes meant certain death. They could make you go to sleep and not wake for a hundred years. They would take a baby or a child and replace it with a changeling, but Thomas Ocum did not think that. He needed to find this fairy once more. He had something in his house, something he thought that would help. When his mother had died many years ago, she had left him a music box, an old wooden music box that he kept there in, in his kitchen area. And he would open it, and there in the music box was a small dancer that twirled and sounded to the music. He took the box under his arm, made his way down the winding dark path again to the river, and sat and waited. And there, at the time between times, the lady of the Tulwith Taig came once more and started to dance on the riverbank. But this time Thomas was ready. And Thomas brought out his music box and started to play it under the moonlight. Just as he thought, the fairy came closer and closer and closer, and reached into the box to dance with the small dancer. And then Thomas closed it quickly. Under his arm, the fairy caught in the box, he took it back to his house. 
And there he would open the box and watch the fairy dance as the nights grew long. Every time she'd try to leave, he would close it once more. And this way he kept her for many, many nights. One night, on Kalangayav, Halloween, when the night grew very dark, he sat in the gloom of his house, watching the fairy dance to the music, as he always did. When suddenly, he heard a knock at his door. He rushed to the door and opened it. But there was nobody. The night grew long and the night grew darker and the knocking continued on the walls, on the windows, on the door. But every time he rushed to the hall, the windows, the door, he rushed outside. There was nobody in. All night he lay awake. The next day, the day passed. And then as the night grew long and the time between times came again, he opened the box and let the fairy dance. And this time, there came another knocking on his door. As he went to open it, he heard hounds and wolves barking and clawing and howling all the way around his house. Back and forth they came, shouting and barking and cursing upon him. He dared not leave the house. This carried on all night until the dawn broke once more. Thomas did not know what to do. He grew hungry, he grew tired. And he thought that maybe his taking of the Tulwith Teg was not such a good idea. On the third night, obsessed that he was, he opened the box once more and let the fairy dance. But the knocking came again. And this time he opened his door to find a hooded figure outside, its eyes glowing red. In its hood were cut two holes, and out of those holes came great antlers, and its skeletal hands reached out, and Thomas knew exactly what he wanted. Terrified, he took the music box, took it to the door, and gave it to the figure, who opened the box, and the fairy jumped out and was gone. The figure reached out, grabbed Thomas's hand and took him out of Pantafine Farm onto the old road that headed to the Pedakai Inn. As they walked, more of the Tulwith take, more fairies and more great red-eyed hounds started to follow them. Anyone who watched, and there were few, saw this spirit procession make its way down the winding path to the waterfalls known as Henreed where they disappeared behind the water, never to be seen again. In life, that is. But it is said that in the Swansea Valley, that if you go to the Henried Falls, at the time between times, the time when it is neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, you will see the spirit procession being led by Gwynapneath, the king of the other world who will take back anything that a mortal takes from him. And it is said that even on the sunniest days, where the sun shines bright in the sky, if you sit at Henry and listen, far away, beyond the veil of our world, you will hear 
the music of the music box. Almost a come once held a fairy and wouldn't let it go. But to hear that music and to follow that procession will lead you out of this world and never to return. And that, my friends, is the strange tale of the Tullwith Teg of Pantafine, the fairy of Pantafine. So beware that you do not travel in that way or this night or listen to that music or take anything that isn't yours from the realm of the Tullwith Teg. But they were quick enough to take it back. Thank you, my friends. Thank you for listening. Oh, my God. A cautionary tale about fairy napping. (laughs) Did you enjoy? Oh, I loved it. Do you know what it is? It's your tone of voice as well. That's what makes it. Oh, you like that? Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. It's really hard because I normally do storytelling through sort of, you know, in the theatre or performance with, with people around. And you have to adapt and change it for this audio medium, which is really different, you know, but it's something we've all had to do, I suppose, isn't it? Oh, it's anyway. brilliant. There we are. Is fairies right, a big deal in Wales? Absolutely. The Tullwith Teg, yeah, the other world. In fairy, in Wales, Welsh folklore, the fairies are always there, you know, and um, they're not these sort of Disney fairies that we know now. They're these sort of dark, sort of capricious figures, which, and there's so many cautionary tales about them, and um, oh, it's fantastic. There's a load of books and, uh, and stories uh, about them, you know, so yeah, you should come down one day, guys, and we'll, uh, I'll show you around. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. Thank you so much, Owen, for coming on and no scaring the crap out of us for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, happy Halloween. Hey, thanks for having me again, guys. And uh, you just give me a call when you're ready for some more. We are now on YouTube. We are posting all of our new episodes on there and we have our own channel and we are gradually posting all of the back episodes because we have been made aware of the fact that you can only find the last hundred on some platforms. So you can go and listen to your heart's content and laugh at the cartoons and have a great time. So do go over there and subscribe. Don't forget, you can become a patron of History Hack for as little as a dollar a month. Just go to www.historyhack.podbean.com. It will help us keep going in the aftermath of the coronavirus, and we would really appreciate it, as we would love to do so. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.